can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I could quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your faithful host, Brandon Greenhouse, joined by my lovely, but so much more than a pair of legs co-host, Jane Terry Hammer. And before Mm. we get into the episode today, we get a lot of questions. We get a lot of mail, like old school, like snail mail um, from Mm -hmm. listeners all the time. Sometimes fan mail where it's like those really creepy letters that are the letters that are just cut out tiny letters from different um, newspaper articles and periodic articles and things like that um with people just being like where can i follow you where can i see you mm. or like you know i can't believe you're wearing that like red top today i'm looking at you through your neighbor's window ha 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 mm. that kind of thing but mm-hmm. like i bring all that up because the gist of it is like how can we keep tabs on you between episodes and the answer mm. is on social media baby because you can mm. find us on instagram you can find us on facebook uh, you can even find us a uh, weaving away at the uh singer sewing machine on threads that's mm. right. It was a long way to get to a very simple and concise <laughs> name of a social media platform. But all of those, you can find us under the handle at Movies We Missed. Mm. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. We really would. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you there. We'd love to have you engage with us, you know, um, and let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. As long as it's positive, really. Keep it cute. Oh, yeah. We should say, we used to say this all the time, but we are open to feedback as long as it's compliments only. There's enough other stuff going on in the world right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we don't need we don't need any sort of negative feelings. From yeah, you. yeah, yeah. You don't or like, even like you, useful, critical feedback that can no, help no, us. No, because we better. can't take it. We are absolute narcissist divas who can't handle a little constructive criticism. Yeah, take a look at this text thread with, uh, with old Janie Poo. You'll see uh, she's not really up for... Uh, for growth (laughs) um no 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 i want to see the same miserable bitch i've always been (laughs) she's got her crew she's got her gaggle of Mm. yes folks that sort of travel around Mm -hmm. with her make you know you take a look at her fucking rider it is Mm. wild only red m&ms right only red m&ms i have to have at least four different kinds of deodorant um available with the tops sliced off just to make sure that nobody used them in the store and then i don't even use the deodorant (laughs) so i just want to make sure that they're listening oh no to be clear i smell fantastic but i don't use the deodorant provided by the venues because um it's a power play it's a power play yeah that's what it is yeah it's, yeah, it's a it's a power play. She lets it know she's to get my different kinds of smell you later when she's uh when she's walking out of the venue. She also wants all of her grapes. Uh, she likes her grapes peeled because she says that the I skin do. on grapes. You say it's I British like to eat grape skin. Frozen, peeled, and then defrosted. And I'll know if that's not the process that they've gone under. Do you remember like I feel like there was this moment when I was eating a lot of like frozen grapes to like satiate mm. my sweet tooth. I don't know what oh. happened with that. Well, that was what diet culture tried to um strong arm us into thinking it was candy. And I was like, girl, you want dessert? <laughs> Freeze the fucking grapes. And I was like, no, no, no. This is not candy. This is not ice cream. This is not dessert. 
I will say frozen grapes are good. I like a frozen grape. I should get I back into like that bag. Toxic but... diet culture trying to convince me that that's candy. This is a frozen fruit and it's I like fine, it, yeah. but I'm not going to pretend that it's like, uh, you know, an after dinner treat. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, Jack, Jack, I was going to call you Jack. I was going to call your dog's wow. name. Wow. Um, uh-huh. It's, my it's dad. the movie. It's the movie. We're doing Jumpin' Jack Flash this week, baby. Did you say A my movie? dad's name or my dog's name? I was like, that, it's my dog's name, not my dad's name. Did I say your dad's name? I thought you did for a second, but you know I may my have. dad's I, name. I, I, edible slip. <laughs> hey, Billy. I meant um, your dog's name, which is also the name of the movie this week. Uh, yes. Jumping Jack Flash. And uh, yeah, this was one I had not seen before. And uh, Jane threw it my way and uh, I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank God you caught it. It was it's one I haven't seen before either, but I took a deal with Tara and she oh, took um, a deal. <laughs> yeah, I did take a deal. And I'll tell you what, this is uh, domestic bliss. She said, if you promise to do Jumpin' Jack Flash on the movie, uh, on uh, as a movie on the podcast which I haven't seen and I wasn't sure if you hadn't seen it which I, it was a good thing that we both haven't seen it but she was like I will do your laundry this week and I was like <laughs> okay <laughs> so we deal for me so yeah and newsflash I ended up having a really fun time watching it so no I had a really fun time watching it too also I mm-hmm. think that there there's like a there's so many like Whoopi Goldberg starring vehicles I got jumping yes. to flash confused with another movie for sure and I was trying to figure out while I was watching it what movie that was and I couldn't um so yeah that was a fun story for you all but I said last time on the podcast you asked me if I'd seen it and I thought I had but I have not mm-hmm. seen it but I'm very familiar with the song Jumpin' Jack Flash and by very I mean kind of and I've heard it right. a couple of times and Same uh, here. I'm very familiar with this cover though like the cover is pretty iconic and has yes. nothing to do with the film so it was really interesting watching it because I think I thought it was going to be about uh and I said this to Dave and he was like, whoa, not you thinking the movies about the black woman has to be a criminal. I thought it was about like, I did think it was like about like Whoopi Goldberg playing like a fun and like fun loving like grifter. And it's not about that at all. Well, we and should say if you guys have not seen the cover of the movie, it's literally Whoopi Goldberg just jumping with her legs and went, arms out over the skyline of New York City. Yeah, they went uh they went pretty literal with this bad boy. They went boy. simple. But I think like after reading about the production of this movie, it makes sense that it didn't know like what it was. Oh, <laughs> for sure. It went through a lot of changes. But why don't we do this? Why don't I read the synopsis and then we can go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty. So you wrote something. Uh Well, I like to call myself what I like to say about myself is I'm like the Lil Wayne of this podcast. All of my synopses. I'm about to explain it, baby. So wipe that face off your face. In the sense that all of my synopses come from off the dome. I don't write anything down. (laughs) This is strictly a freestyled synopses. I thought it was the struggle blonde. That was the link. (laughs) You fucking bitch. Um, I'm gonna. No, you look amazing. Look at Heather Locklear. I'm gonna <laughs> in the '80s. I'm gonna. What? Ta, ta, what? <laughs> I give you the. I, I gave you like iconic Heather Locklear. I like it, but it's not the look I'm going for in general. And Who's I think not Heather, going Lock- for Heather Locklear. 
her hair color, her hair, the her hairstyle in the eighties. It's not necessarily the um, look that I'm going for, but I will say she rocked it and looked incredible. Um, no shade to Heather Locklear, but it's not. I guess I would say like when I go get my hair done, I don't say give me eighty five Heather Locklear. Of course not, because whoever's doing your hair is probably like. 15 years old at this point like these youths don't like you can't just throw that reference out at somebody you know who does my hair she's a friend of mine she's like maybe three years younger than me so yeah so <laughs> so yeah like my age then and so she doesn't know what's going okay, on you're two years younger than me okay maybe. so math for the day <laughs> my point is that we're both younger than you and that it's the it's like if i went in and i i have done this before i've gone in before and asked for the courtney thorne smith and uh mm. I was fired from Ally McBill, so it didn't work out. But I tried. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Maybe no. you, maybe you weren't even hired. Um, that's, that's true. Anyway, we've gone on a tangent, which we're wont to do on this podcast. But let's get through the synopsis before we go through all of the tangents we have ready. Does that sound good? Uh, do I? Do I have a choice? <laughs> I want to just banter with you for for two <laughs> hours, which is what we're gonna do anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Did somebody order a Whoopi Goldberg vehicle with some light espionage and impossible technology from 1986? Well, folks, I sure did. And it's a gas, gas, gas. Terry Doolittle is about to do a lot more than she used to. The sudden appearance of a man inside a computer is about to change her whole life forever. Normally, she lives the life of a typical New Yorker, cramped apartment, a classic nine to five job at a bank where she does the boring work of facilitating transfer after transfer on her trusty Sperry computer, whatever brand that is. She has a good rapport with her coworkers and spends most of her time being an empathetic listener with good humor while doing her job well. Her boss, Mr. Page, is her only real roadblock at work. Well, ain't that relatable. <laughs> he rules with an iron fist and few pleasantries. Terry's up for a promotion and Mr. Page says if she wants it, she's got to get serious about her work. Stop socializing with coworkers and clients alike and simply create more output. Annoyed, Terry tries to follow suit. When one of her clients reach reaches out via computer transmission and tries to initiate a personal personal conversation terry reluctantly turns them down but there's one transmission that's about to come that will turn terry's world on its axis just as she's about to leave work one day she gets a message from someone who calls themselves jumpin jack flash terry is only human she can't resist she wants to know what this faceless computer dweller with a code name could want and furthermore, how'd he hack into her system? Little by little, Terry collects clues from Jack and finds out that he's a British intelligence officer stranded somewhere in Eastern Europe. Jack needs her help getting a message to the right people to help lift him out of whatever political crosshairs he's stationed between. At first, she's just running an errand, getting a message to the British consulate. Easy, right? Well, one one favor turns into many as Terry finds herself on the ride of a lifetime and involved in the secret underworld of intelligence filled with MI5, CIA and KGB operatives, many of whom she doesn't know if she can trust. 
Just a few days ago, Terry had a boring computer job, and now she's dodging bullets, engaging in car chases, and going undercover to fancy parties with diplomats while wearing a collection of very convincing wigs. Will Terry be able to get Jack out of the mess he's in? Will she be able to return to her life unscathed and unbothered after witnessing such violent and terrifying events? Will she ever get to meet the man who upended her world? That's all going to be up to the man in the computer, Jumpin' Jack Flash. That was a very ominous ending and we all love the 1980s style man of the computer um into the 1990s to be honest um but you know here we are we're talking about jumping jack flash and i was surprised um, you hadn't sung any of it yet any of the song that's that's true yeah i know I, you know, I decided to to sprinkle it in. Um, Save it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, a little leave him wanting more. Um, uh, This movie was released on October the 10th, 1986. It was made for a budget of 18 milli. And it made 29.8 million at the box office. So it smells like a hit. Smells like a hit to me. Um, Sure. Oh, Jane didn't want to give it that. Well, I was like, it's not a runaway hit. It did better than it, it made its money. It made more than its money back. And we love that. But I don't think it was a smash hit, was it? It was not <sighs> the impression. That I okay, I, I guess it like you're not wrong. It wasn't like. I mean, it's a 27 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which, you know. Isn't is it really that low? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But not mm-hmm. everybody hating on it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fine. But still, I mean, it, it was like a movie that like helped put Whoopi Goldberg on the map. And like, I think I was. Totally. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised because I was kind of surprised merely because Color Purple came out the year before. Um, mm. I will say it's the equivalent of like 50 million today. Um, the budget for this film is the equivalent of 50 million today, which is. Uh, okay sort of like to orient us and like the 29 million is around 80 million a day so like not a huge hit but like you know a comedy released by a major you know studio uh and it's one of the movies that helped to like define like who Whoopi Goldberg was in like the culture I think um, look that's this isn't my opinion of the movie like no, no, I'm no, just no. saying like that's what's out there I think like I don't hear people talk about it as warmly as some of her other movies but I mean to be fair Whoopi Goldberg is in a million movies so it's like you know there. This there's is, a lot to compare and, it to and many of her movies are very very famous very so it's very like, famous and acclaimed movies yeah, this right. one is like a notch on her belt, but not necessarily the one that everyone talks about. I think. Yeah, it's fun. no, that's true. I um, I st- I'm starting us out today. We're doing our like it's love it's low. That's trademark. Mm. And um, I'll start us out with my first um, my first like it to sort of like get the ball rolling a little bit. I uh, like it, baby. <laughs> if you like it, I love it. Oh, so if you want to get started with your like it, I'd love to hear um your first like it point if you wanted to share. Okay. Yeah. So my first like it was that we have the character of Larry, who is, well, according to the the credits for the movie, the heavy set guard, um, and that's the guard at the beginning of the movie. And it was right, sort of, it was right as the movie was starting. We get uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character Terry going into the office that she works in, and Larry is like 
a guard for the building and he's sitting in front of these monitors and like he's got one of the monitors like sort of zooming in on a woman's legs and she's just like yeah larry you're crazy and he's like ha, ha, ha. and it's like no this is inappropriate <laughs> um but it sort of reminded us of where we were in time and uh mm-hmm. i guess larry was getting his but at, at whose expense i think the expense of it was the woman in the company it was a jump, jumping jack flashback to 1986 where anything goes, apparently. And he was looking for, <laughs> he was trying to get a jumping jack flasher, is what he was trying to get. Um, he certainly was. He was trying to get his jack jumping to flash our, uh, I don't know. I yeah, exactly. It. He was trying to jump in <laughs> jack Caucasian woman's legs, is what he was trying to do. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he wanted jacket to her legs, is what we're saying. Exactly, just jizz all over her gorgeous legs. Oh, oh, okay. is that too far? That's uh, no. Oh. Do you? We we moved from Indiana in innuendo to straight up me being. Do you something like Indiana? <laughs> I'm like not able to speak very well today. Did I have I? not slept well in the last couple of nights, and I feel as though my speech is literally being affected, which is good, because I don't have to do anything like record a podcast. This is making sense. Jane hasn't slept well in the last couple of years. She just said it. And so, now <laughs> no, we're I under- said days. Oh. Well, yeah, that. Oh, you bitch! On my own podcast. On what? my own podcast. Okay, on, my, not- on my podcast. As you all, she just said she hasn't slept well, which is... The only explanation for our special guest, Allah, had the locklear. Okay, as our long-term listeners know, the the queen of of, of guest starring, nine hundred two one zero Jane. Just think I'm of this sure. as your nine hundred two one zero. That's a nine hundred two one no. What you just said, um, but I'm happy to have you. I'm sure all of our here. Gen Z listeners know exactly. So who many things Heather have been said that our Gen Z listeners are like, who? Um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Jane, do you have a like it to get us started to follow up that delicious uh, Larry, uh, the peeping guard moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so. This is like just sort of a comment on the overall film itself. But like, there are a lot of characters in this movie, a lot, and like nobody really gets introduced in a way where you remember who they are or what their backstory is. They're in there for like two scenes. You don't know what side they're on. You don't know where their loyalties lie. Like Jim, Jim Belushi shows up for like two scenes. We know he's a bad guy, but we don't know in what way we don't even know what his name is. I don't think at any point. And it's fucking Jim Belushi, America's sweetheart. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, his name is Sperry <laughs> Repairman, according to um, according to IMDb. So they really did Which is a cover for him to get into the office and, quote, repair her computer because she's chatting with Jack, Jumpin' Jack Flash, the British MI5 agent or whatever. And he's responsible for two or three things in this movie and then never comes back. And we really don't know what his problem with Jack is or what side he's on or who he's working for. And that seems to be a theme like throughout this whole movie. It's like all of these people are introduced at one point. She has to like call a list of people that is etched on the back of a frying pan. And it's like very unclear who these people are, although they eventually all get revealed, but you really don't know who anybody is. I felt I found myself going like, huh, 
Okay. I'm just rolling with it. And to be fair, it didn't really alter my understanding of the plot in any ways, because I do think the plot was sort of um, held together loosely, <laughs> to be kind. But um, yeah, it was just something I noticed where it was like, nobody really is anything in this movie. Do you so, know what I mean when I say that? I do. I had a. I, I do. I do kind of get get what you're saying. Um. The, the yeah. The the plot. They they weren't really concerned with these tertiary characters. Um. <laughs> uh. Inciliary characters, I should say. They weren't really concerned with like yeah. what was going on with them. I I did note in my second tier love it notes. Um, but this is the perfect time to bring it up. Um. Those are my notes, and I'm like, if this needs to come up, I'll bring it up. But like, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But Jane brought us there. So our longtime listeners, or just listeners who listened last week, um, will note that we had a discussion about Jim Belushi because <laughs> Jane talked about how she's fiending to see him naked. He's a person whose body okay. Jane wants to see. Um, I knew. So this seeing him here, out. young and tight, I'm sure Jane was like. Okay, so I was like, so two things. One, Jane's boyfriend, Jim Belushi, is in this movie. I was really excited for her that she got to get her rocks off seeing Jim Belushi. And two, did you know that according to Jim was on was on television for eight seasons? That's the most what? shocking discovery that I made while Who looking into this movie. That show eight seasons. That is okay. Wild to me. We're gonna put a pin in that because I need to say something about the very first part of the of of your point that you were trying to make. Jim Belushi before your it gets before it gets lost. So people who didn't listen to last week's episode, I think it was last week's episode where we talked Milk about me. Me wanting to see Jim Belushi naked. And also, as every person whose um, words get taken out of context, I feel I need to clear my good name and give you the real tea, which is quite frankly, not that much better. But <laughs> I was just stating the fact that I would see any celebrity who willingly showed themselves naked on film, I would be curious to take a look. And then Brandon asked me a series of celebrities. And of course the answer was all yes, because I'm just curious if you're willing to show yourself naked on screen, I'm going to take a look. And I realized as soon as I finished this defense of myself, I sound no better, but at least I have delivered the truth to you. What I think you may have said, and I could be wrong, but what I think you actually said when I said Jim Belushi was. I think you said, yeah, I take a look at that thick dick. I think that's what you said. I look. I say a lot of things on the podcast. Many of them is to make our listeners chuckle and. That is where I derive my joy from. Now, now, do I say things for shock value and for humor that I don't okay. actually mean? You got Howard Stern on our hands here. Like. <laughs> yes, I'm Robin. Like, I'd take a look at that thick dick. I may have said it. I may have said it. It sounds like me, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Not us, not us just taking a complete detour from the defense to just like admission. Okay. Um, second part, second part. According to Jim. I cannot believe According to Jim was on for eight seasons. What network and who watched it? Because that's not, it was like, it was basically like, ABC, wasn't it just I say... a buffoon or like a, a husband Actually, who like lovable was just you know. a lovable idiot, yeah, but yeah, not lovable. lovable because it's just steeped in misogyny. 
but it's um but it's belushi belushian mm. yeah so i mean i guess we have to not love it i don't know anyway she's gonna lose so lose <laughs> lucian so we've got um we've got a fun uh we got our full-on loose happening um mm-hmm. and uh that was the thing i was gonna say my actual next like it point that i was gonna bring up was the ages mm. of some of these of some of these actors in this movie because mm. it was a lot okay. it's funny that like jane mentions the fact that like we have a lot like actors in this film that don't really have fully fleshed out characters and they're more ideas than anything to sort of like advance the plot kind of and also actually even more than advance the plot it was like to sort of create like almost like an ambiance um but we have uh with john lovitz we have carol kane we already mentioned uh belushi one thing i do want to mention about like lovitz and in carol kane so john lovitz is 29 years old i don't know if i've ever seen th- that can't be right when i say this i feel like i don't know if i've seen john lovitz this young before but he just well, looks SNL. so he was this is after right. he was on snl you're right you're right so you was, have seen him that young okay yeah he was 29 in this carol but, kane was 34 I think Jim I think Belushi of what I like think 30. of John Lovitz is like in the 90s, in like the mid to late 90s when he was like, you know, in his 30s, 40s. That's how I think of him. That's so interesting. Well, yeah. So just seeing the three of them in this movie, I was like, oh, my God, like John Lovitz looks like a baby to me. And I know mm-hmm. he's fully 30 old man, but like it's just so wild seeing him and then seeing Carol Kane as well. Like. I mean, Kane in a way, she like Carol Kane is such a great actress. And the thing that about this movie, that was one of the things that stood out to me was like, I don't have enough Carol Kane in my life. That was like the yeah. first thing I thought when I saw her in this movie as like one of Goldberg's like wacky, like coworkers who works at like the desk next to her, you know, who does computer next to her. Yeah. Um, Cynthia is her name. <laughs> and uh, that just delighted me. I- it, I wasn't expecting all of these. I didn't look up the cast before this movie. Me, so I was very pleasantly surprised by like, all of these like actors, like you know, yeah, and they're at the we peak got, of their fabulousness. Got, um, Phil Hartman was in there too. We got Tracy Ullman. I don't know if you saw her. Yeah, you know, I did. I know, and she was only. This is a thing. It's like also these actors who are such icons, but like absolutely, so I assumed that they would have like bigger roles, but they're not because it's just the beginning of their career. That part, you which have I to think rem- is. That was the thing I was thinking about I was watching. I was like, they didn't know when they were casting this movie that this was going to be like a who's who of like, just like comedic, like geniuses and talent, like for future generations. Yeah. Like what an amazing sort of moment to like have caught like this lightning in a bottle. Not that anybody's utilized to like even close to their fullest abilities in the movie. Everybody's just ideas of people. So like. Absolutely. So, yeah. So for <laughs> sure, that, that was one thing that I noted. But that was really it was I was just sort of fanning out at the beginning of the movie because I also, also Gary Marshall because it's Gary a Penny Marshall, Marshall of course, mm-hmm. I've, you know, what the thing that I actually the moment that I had with this movie was I like looked to, I, I, I sometimes will look away when I am look when we're doing one of these movies, I'll like distract myself so that I don't see who the cast is. Dave's actually the complete opposite of me. He wants to know who's going to be in a thing. And Mm-mm. I like to be surprised, I wanna be surprised, especially if I'm watching like an anthology series show. Like, as you know, I know I talk about every fucking week, but we watch a lot of murder. She wrote and like, I'm mm-hmm. always trying to be surprised by murder. She wrote. So I don't like to look at yes. the opening credits because I just want to like see Dick Van Dyke pop up and then just yeah. be shook. Like, I don't want to see the opening credit because I just want to, I want the person to walk into like, 
a diner in the middle of the show and me just be like, what the fuck did Dom DeLuise get to Cabot Cove? Um, <laughs> and that's a part I mean, of the I journey do this, for me. I, well, it's a part of the MWM journey for me, too. It's a, if it's a movie I haven't seen, I don't want to know who's in it. I don't want to know a single thing about it. Like, You're like I me. just want to I love that press play and learn. I don't want to do any research beforehand. I don't want to know what anybody's reception of it is because I want to make my own call on like how I feel about the movie, which actually, I mean, I know this isn't, this is again, another tangent, but <laughs> if this is your first time to the show, welcome. Um, or your last. I we was like having you. Or, as we really hope it's not just um, let it play though even if this is your last time listening you know that just, just go like wash some dishes or something yeah. just let us play we can use the the full the full uh counter exactly clock, you, know? you might find something you like you know what i mean don't 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 write us off now. jane raps later uh, so just keep listening <laughs> i didn't say well okay <laughs> low wayne um, she's low wayne she told you so my whole thing about this is that like I I don't want to research the movie beforehand because I don't want to know anything and I don't want to be influenced. And then sometimes even when I am doing research after I watch the movie, I actually generally stay away from reviews because I just want information about the movie and the production of the movie because I don't want it to influence how I talk about it because I'm so like, well, I find myself, I think a lot of the time, and I don't think this is a unique position. I really have to talk myself out of this sometimes because I, I, I find myself starting to become influenced when I read other people's opinions about something, if it doesn't match my own at the time. And I think like, no, I need to hold strong into how I feel about this movie and how I felt when I was watching it and talk about it to Brandon without that sort of influence of like the culture from when the movie was coming out or whatever, the person who is making a point. Um, you know, uh, about how the movie was received or whatever at the time. Like, I just want it to be like that. I, for me, that's the point of this podcast. Like I give myself some context about the time of the movie and like facts about the production, but really don't want to know too much about how people felt about it before we talk about it. That's interesting. Cause that's actually the opposite of me because mm-hmm. I, okay. I so- know that I do know. So like I I don't always want to but typically if I'm if I'm looking up a movie or if I have to rent a movie or whatever then usually if you use like Apple um if you rent movies on Apple then like typically on like the home page of the movie where you push play they'll give you mm-hmm. like the Rotten Tomato score of the movie and like viewer score so mm-hmm. sometimes that like Typically, it's in line kind of with what I expected to be, even if it's a movie that I love, but I know that like critics didn't receive it well when it came out in like 1994 right. or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but every now and then there'll be a movie where like I will dive into the reviews because I'm curious about like what's the what is the sort of discourse that was happening around the film that yes. made it get the score that it got. Like last week with Milk Money in particular, when I saw that it had like a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, I remember thinking, okay, this isn't a movie I remember very well, but I remember it being like, a, like a decent enough film that 12% seemed kind of like wild to me. Like if it had been like 30, I probably would have been like, okay, but 12 was just like, damn. Uh, so I did a deep dive because yeah. I wanted to see what the discourse was. But I mean, a lot of it was just like also 
like it's just you know it was like a lot of puritanical bullshit too so like i was like okay that, yes that makes sense. totally like, in this and yeah. you know under the guise of like family values um right so which is such a bullshit fucking term but sure. i i do uh, like there are certain movies that we do that i will dive into that particularly movies that feature a lot of people of color that like don't have a good like reputation yes. or a score poorly i want to know why because i think that there's probably let me put on my little detective hat some racist undertones from when the movie came out so like I am interested in reading about that and seeing what people are saying sure. and like that kind of thing. But generally I try to stay away from it. I get it. So we're both doing, yeah. And you know, it's always grain of salt game. Cause you have to look at, you know, yes, it depends on the fucking movie. Everything. Yeah. Sure. Every, every, every week is different, but that's like my, that's what I try to enter into the week with but yeah no anyways, I com- just a little about our process. <laughs> no, I know. I completely agree with you on that. Um, the did you have were you the next like it or was it to me i think it's me okay if it, i'm pretty sure yeah. um either way i I'm, think it is you i'll yeah. just go <laughs> give it up um i like how they're instant messaging each other on this computer before al gore's internet existed and like it wasn't possible to communicate that way in 1986 as far as i know and like there's like this ongoing joke about um the uh like this like russian workout television show taking over whoopi goldberg's computer and i was like I do not understand how people are seeing this and thinking that this is happening like computers in 1986 like couldn't do this and they were essentially like how she communicates with junk and jump and jack flash is like basically like instant messenger aim and it's like well people just believed everything that you told them about computers in 1986 we had a whole conversation about this which is one of i i said today while we're watching this movie because we kept talking about all the implausible technological things and i said to dave i was like this like doesn't make any sense and he said yeah he's like what did he say hold on i wrote it down the wording that he used. He said, let me see if I can find it. He said, he said, because loosely using technology in movies in the 1980s was just all about possibilities. Like nobody completely knew what technology yeah. could do. So people just mm-hmm. used it as a jumping off point for like whatever their imagination could like <laughs> think up. And like technology Which just became the I way. Appreciate. No, for sure, because it's like they're not like beholden to like the actuality of anything. And so it is mm-hmm. really funny to see like the ways that like people are just like, what if this happened? Um, I agree with you that it was like because it's almost like the tele the, the monitor was like being like it was somehow the signal was being crossed with like a television channel on this computer yeah, in Russia with a woman working out. And it was very confusing because I was like. Uh, these signals uh, how do they think how uh, how do they think this happened like i'd love to sit down with whoever wrote it which is like eight people eight different people because this one changed a lot of hands and i was just i would love to see what they you know how their wills were turning and like how they were like putting these well because one thing that's really funny about it is that like computer monitors literally like during this period it was like a black screen with like gray script i mean like green script so like it's funny that like all of a sudden it's like able to like like the computer monitor is able to like 
it, like there's an input that somehow crosses wires so like it functions like a like a television screen just from like yeah. a technological standpoint that was one of the things that was funny to me is it's like the capabilities of the computer screen were so limited i mean think about how lim- thinking about like how limited they were in another one of the mwm uh select we have selection we have done here the net like t- like almost 10 years later thinking about how like yeah. limited like computers were even then and then thinking about what like this they are positing that like this computer is doing and like also the fact that like it wasn't a big deal and like nobody was actually like addressing the issue when really it's like we've got quite a conundrum on our hands that we've got a computer here that is somehow crossing wires with a russian television channel like what like and 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 the terry and jumping jack flash are essentially like emailing or messaging each other back and forth. And that kind of technology did not exist. Like, again, we saw that technology come and change the entire workforce. So like, if that really was possible, wouldn't we be communicating very differently? Like at that time already, it's just it's it's like, it, it makes no sense. And it's, and it's treated <laughs> with like, it's only engaged like within the, the faintest of, of, of ways and it's just like the people on the main floor that are concerned with it and they just hit the side of the screen like you would an old-timey television where mm-hmm. signals got r- crossed or where like the screen was a little bit static that's like an old school method for all you youngins out there you that that was always the first line of defense against like a really bad reception from like an antenna mm. was like hitting the side of the tv and it's so wild to think about now and it actually fixed it like 40 yeah, percent of the time it- i'd say it did kind of work. That's why we did it for sure. But like, I mean, but this isn't even like, but this setup is so different from that setup that it's really funny that like Terry literally goes up to the side of the computer monitor and like gives it like a little like booty tooch. And it just like all well, of a sudden, like to be fair, she does mess with some of the wires in the back, but we just don't know what she's doing. There is a, there's a little, there's a little <laughs> bit of like Jimmy Reagan going on, but like, that's all it takes and then she's she's back at work and she's back on her on uh instant messenger and well, mark zuckerberg and is quivering just... somewhere because those well, better off are the only ones you need to worry about <laughs> the, the, the script well, writers the league of script writers for this are as soon as the strike is over they're coming for that ass <laughs> the thing that also is like <coughs> excuse me sorry um oh god i just totally lost my train of thought that cough took it out of you oh nobody questions that's the thing is like i nobody in 1986 who's watching this is like oh that can't happen because people were so removed from technology at the time they didn't use it at work they didn't you know only very very like nerds used it where like oh this is nasa you know what i mean or like computer stuff (laughs) who works with computers and now it's such a part of our everyday life and like everyone works with computers and it's such a big thing so it's like it's a very like interesting time timestamp too where it's like great our suspension of disbelief has completely changed now with this movie than did in 1986 for sure and our modern lens of course like engaging with technology yeah. in such a different way like watching these mm-hmm. movies um the, my next like it was actually about her boss who's played by the actor peter michael Gatz. the character's name is mr page um mm. and there's a moment because they have this contentious relationship because he pulled he like he prints off like transcripts of like you know her conversations that she's having with people in like other countries and like she's just like she's really got this very sort of like um 
what's the word I'm looking for? She's a she's a very um, unprofessional uh, engagement. Like she's engaging with these people in a very sort of like person to person type of way, and like it is deemed by Mr. Page to be unprofessional. And she's trying to sort of like not really ingratiate herself to him, but she wants to keep her fucking job. So like she plays the game a little bit, but he like prints all these things out, and then there's a moment where she's staying after work because she's developed this relationship with uh, Jumpin' Jack and she wants to be able to um, get some information, get intel. And so she's staying after work and waiting for everybody to leave. And basically the cleaning crew started showing up. That's how late it is. And her boss, Mr. Page, is like the only other employee other than the two uh, women that are working on the cleaning crew that's at the office. And he's leaving and he comes downstairs and he sees her working and he said and he says to her, um, he says you'll get that get the promotion as long as you keep working this way and it's just like this fucking capitalistic 1980s like society that like it's just like it's like yeah you be here until 9 or 10 o'clock at night continuously um, yeah, and you, it's like, so fucked up you continue to like put your personal life on the back burner and give everything you have to this to this computer uh, to this computer monitor and uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll give you that job but like I gotta see you continue to perform in this way um, because this is what lets us know that you're a real employee and that you're serious about your love capitalism um, right that like you give up all per- your entire personal life to sit in this office alone and like transfer bank funds for us without it's not like without any like interaction with your clients no like you can't create relationships in order to like you know what i mean have like some pleasantries at work some semblance yeah yeah exactly yeah it's just like it's so gross i hate it it was so funny because i actually before that i thought he was gonna like come down the stairs and be like you need to go home like you've been here for too long but he's like stay at it like we yeah. we need we need workers like you i gotta get out of here but knowing mm-hmm. that you're here burning the midnight oil it makes it that mm-hmm. much easier for me and it's like i bet i love that for me um yeah it makes you so, look yeah. good while she oh god it makes me so mad because it's like oh this makes you look good while she loses her entire life oh and like god. you get Anybody paid probably a lot more than she does a job where you've watched your, like your boss Ooh. like get credit for some shit that you've done and like you just oh. you just Girl. Although my face is the kind that like I can't hide anything anyway. So if anybody looks over at me, I am gonna be wide-eyed and mouth to the gape, and you can just put together whatever pieces you want to from that. But if you're <laughs> gonna put it for what I'm doing, I'm gonna be I'm gonna give them the the well, we don't really talk about Tim Allen here, although we talk about him all the time, apparently. Um I'm gonna give them the and then I'm gonna not gonna say anything else and I'm gonna let them decide. It's unfortunate that such a disgusting man gave us such a great noise. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And introduced us to so uh, Mr. Wilson. I know. And the icon America's mother, Patricia Richardson, who gave mm. us the iconic mm-hmm. role of Jill on uh, Home Improvement. The only and show, one of the only shows her that people... son is such a fucking funny comedian. Do you is not know really? him? really? No. I think I've sent you his videos before. His name is Joel Castle B. Joe Ca- Joel Castle Baker. He's fucking hilarious. What? I can't. Yeah, and he's gay. I can't believe I haven't. I, I've sent you. You might recognize him. I've seen him. Oh I'm sure God. I've sent you his videos before. Uh, I don't feel like I've ever seen this person before, but I'm going to do a deep dive later. This is Patricia Richardson's son. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. He's so oh funny. I am. God. I am one thousand percent positive. I've sent you his videos. Uh, I mean, maybe you have. Maybe you have. Yeah, I just yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm, and I don't. I would have to go. I would have to go look. But 
Oh my well, god. I mean, well, you don't have to go look. Just look at this page. It's funny. But I mean, that's um, no, not going to look for proof that you send me the videos. I mean, I'm going to look at like I want to check uh, out his I want to go check out his I was like his stuff. I, I, I don't his, need to go that far. His mom is um <laughs> his mom is uh she was she's she's that girl and she had it on yep. she had 90s mom uh she 90s mom tees unlocked in the 1990s. I mean, Felicia Rashad was also there, so I'm sure she wants to enter this. Yeah, there, be like, there were a few a few players in the oh, game. But. Oh, oh, Meredith Baxter <laughs> would like to have a word with you as well. Um, we have lots mm-hmm. of icons for different reasons, but Patricia Richardson was always giving it to us straight. I would, I'm so much more, knowing that she has a queer son now, I'm so much more like, yeah, and I'm he's wondering. so, so funny. You guys should, if you can find him, uh, he's very easy to find. His name is Joel Castle Baker, and he's fucking hilarious. I think he has a podcast, too, um, which I haven't listened to yet, but I will, because I just fucking love him. He's so funny. I love that. Look at us. We're always yeah. we're always finding the scoops. Jane's on top of mm-hmm. it in the comedy world. Um, mm-hmm. Her sets are, they get the reception they get. But she's keeping <laughs> track of like what a lot of other comedians are doing, which is exciting yeah 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 um i've been banned from a couple places and that's okay that's that's what we call a learning experience whatever the laugh factor is more the laugh quackery if you're not around because they got to be crazy (laughs) not to take not to let you come in there and do do a a quick a tight two Mm. right Mm -hmm. just before the Mm -hmm. i can always count on count on you to have my back and i appreciate that because you are my biggest champion at least to my face and i appreciate any time anybody says shit about you anytime i've heard somebody talk shit about you oh. i leave is that something you hear a lot no no but i'm just saying i've been in rooms before okay. people have said things and i quietly get my I'd stuff love- and I slip out okay okay i'd love <laughs> so you don't defend me you just leave <laughs> i um <laughs> you say nah not on my watch not my girl <laughs> and then you slink out of the room hoping no one notices you <laughs> to be fair i don't know if i've ever actually that, said ladies and gentlemen is a threat <laughs> I don't know that I've ever said not on my watch and not my girl. I think I literally just get up and slip out and excuse myself. I don't think I ever actually said anything that would lead people to believe like, oh, he left because he was upset by what we were saying about his friend. I think it's more like, oh, maybe he got sick or something. Oh, okay. So, okay. So you're doing even less than I had imagined. You know, I don't like to cause drama. And that's probably what it is more than anything. I'd love um, to hear what people are saying. Can you give me some sort of samples of these rooms um, talking uh, shit about me and what God, they put uh, their brain to the table? Let me think. Some people, I've heard people say, like, she doesn't value, like, her real friends. Um, somebody mm. said something about, like, you know, somebody called me Mother Teresa because they said, well, they said Mother Trade Risa because, you know, gay. Um, but they <laughs> did, like, a, a play on the name. But then they were like, you, you let her, mm. what you do for her and you let her star on that pod on that podcast, guest star on the podcast with you and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, some people have said things like, oh, my God, like, she's just, like, a really super hot body and nothing mm. more. Um, Honestly, I'm not even mad about that one. Let's keep that one. Let's she, keep that beauty, in, in rotation. Yeah, beauty and no brains is is one of the things. That Actually, I think my Twitter Twitter bio used to say that like I, I I can't remember exactly what the phrase was, but it was like for once in my life I just want to be known as like, <laughs> un, like I want to be known for my body or something. Like I can't remember. This is a it great is, retelling of my hilarious Twitter joke. It's an accurate retelling. <laughs> it, I think the thing <laughs> I know that if somebody came to me and was like, "Oh my god, they were talking so much shit about you," and then they were like, they were just like, 
they're like, oh my God, like he's got an ass that won't quit. And I mean, he's so stupid, but like it's fucking gorgeous, but he's just a fucking idiot. I would, I would only hear part of that. And, <laughs> and I would own, I would, I would not give a shit. I have been begging to be known as like, I would be like painfully beautiful. It's because like they're I'll just be, pretty. Like you don't hang out with her. She's just pretty. She's just gorgeous. I'd be like, it's like, what FCs? <laughs> I'd be like, how dare they? Well, like smiling. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's, I'm sorry. I'm a product of this society. And that's all I want. Is that and why is that better than if somebody was like, what? Like she's a, like a joy to be around, but a total booger. So <laughs> like and that would like break my heart. <laughs> of course. They'd be like, it no, would. they said you have the best character of like. Like you have an unimpeachable character, and like you were so smart and intelligent. <laughs> be like, and great. Tell your what, mother. Who cares? What they say about my my tits, my juicy tits, though. Nothing. <laughs> Did they Not say as I juicy could model as I think. in some countries? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I'll be the the bookworm. Okay. I'll be the friend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know a little bit about us. So just send us things. If you if you leave a review for us now, you know. Just say. You know, just podcast is beautiful. horrible. It's two fucking hot people mm-hmm. just like being vapid for you know an hour plus, and we'd be. I okay wish with they, that. I wish they had video. That way, I could at least look at something pretty while the drivel poured out of their disgusting mouths. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to listen to a podcast? Um, the, the podcast Holly Berry does, like that's what <laughs> this equivalent of, like like <laughs> dropped at gorgeous people just blathering on and uh i'll take the parts of that that are useful to me um yeah me too i will i'll hold on to to some of the some of that information very dearly i um am i am, is it my my point jane it's your like it i think it's your like I it, it. Your so like it baby. the like <laughs> it that i have my the like it that i have is the style in this movie which is and we're in a full like moment aesthetically right now with fashion this movie yes. watching it right now at this moment i was thinking so much of this is so fucking in style and so it if in you style. saw anybody wearing it the thing one of the outfits that i love the most ju- that i will say a uh, jumping jack uh jumping jack flash uh well not jumping jack flash with fuck uh big goldberg's character <laughs> i keep wanting to call jumping jack flash um is uh terry she has some of the best wardrobe in, in the movie one of the items that stood out incredible to me most, it's great and one of the items that stood out to me the most was she has these wide leg it's like a wide leg overall jumpsuit that she wears mm. it's super cute and it's very much on trend right now and like you hop on like see any of these sites and it is strewn with people like selling these exact uh these exact wide leg jumpsuits and she wears hers with like a baseball jersey underneath in one scene and she mm. cinches the waist and the legs are flared it's so good it's so good and it's just such a style moment and it stood out to me it's uh, she- such a style moment also because i feel like whoopi goldberg was like going against the grain in terms of like what a female lead should wear as well absolutely and it's just like it's got this sort of like I have to imagine that Whoopi Goldberg had something to do with like the 
evolution of like the style of this character because there's something about if you look at Whoopi Goldberg in the 80s this style very much reflects her own personal style that you see on the red mm-hmm. carpet and in interviews and things like that she has this sort of like effortlessly cool like aesthetic that yes. she really and she still does um if you like see her mm-hmm. now she's still sort of like she's never she's always marking to the beat of her own drum and like Absolutely. there were a lot of those like fashion moments where I was just like go off girl and uh I was same. what I was this, saying this is one of my like it points too and it's the fashion is so good and I love the choices she makes they're like androgynous and sexy Always. and like she my favorite look is that oversized um gray cable knit sweater it was a short sleeve cable knit sweater and it's got like she's wearing a collared shirt underneath it with like a pretty crazy pattern and then she's also wearing it with these yellow Reeboks that are absolutely fucking iconic I was like googling yellow Reeboks after watching this movie she has another pair that I remember people having in the 90s um they're the they were I think they were Reeboks as well and they were red they were completely red and that was oh my god totally I remember the red Reeboks the yellow was new to me though the yellow I remember a lot of people had the red Reeboks but the yellow is a new moment for me and, and I was just like, obsessed. Tara and I were both like, why is she the coolest person on film? And why isn't that talked about more? So fucking cool. And also she, yeah. um, you, you mentioned, you mentioned the collared shirt underneath. She does that a lot yes. in the movie. She loves like, it's almost mm-hmm. like a polo collar underneath mm-hmm. like a t-shirt or a blouse. And it reminded me of like the way that the early aughts was dipping back when we were all going to the thrift stores and yes. we were throwing like, graphic tees over polos and just call oh it a my day. God. I can tell you that it did we not look as good as what that. we looked. Um, no, it didn't. <laughs> but you see people do there. this. Yeah, you were there. You were that was you were subbing <laughs> back then, I think. Um <laughs> but it it's just she nails it and it, and it all looks yeah. effortless and cool. And I'm sure I look everything looked tortured probably the way I was putting it together. Um oh my God. I mean <laughs> This will, I mean, the thing is is that, like, this is also, like, we were babies when this movie came out. This is the year you were born. This is two years after I was born. So it was, like, this style sort of, like, we we didn't quite get to do it. You know what I mean? That's a good point, yeah. We missed it. (laughs) And so I would love the opportunity to, to work some of this back into my wardrobe. That's, that's our own little our own little challenge. I remember it from photographs and from pictures, but I didn't really get to participate in this, you know. Okay, so justice for us. We 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 yeah. did it then. I'm sure I'm going to look out the window and kids are going to be doing it again. Um although I love it when like a millennials like, "Oh my god, not these kids like not these kids coming for our jam." And then they literally just describe like an outfit and aesthetic that was popular in the 1960s and it's like I know. We're all everybody's it's like, coming do your for research, baby girl. It's all derivative. Everybody's coming for everybody's jam at this point. So it's all just a fashion is cyclical and it always has been. And it pays homage to what what used to be. And I love that about it. I love that about you. And I, I will always pay homage to you. Uh, except when I'm <laughs> slipping out of the rooms when people are. Yeah. And um, damaging my good name. Anyway, so my final like it point is. <laughs> The fact I like that she in order to she was trying to crack the code 
from Jump and Jack Flash in the beginning of this movie. And he said it was in the song Jump and Jack Flash. And she goes home and she plays the Rolling Stones song over and over again on her tape deck. And she's trying to write down the lyrics to crack the code. And she hits rewind. She's listening and she's got to go back. And, oh, I'm not sure if that was the right lyric. Let me listen to that again. And I was just like, man. I love that I can just Google the fucking lyrics to anything and play the song and not have to rewind anything. <laughs> like what? Like I, this is a movie that like is steeped in technology that really, really made me appreciate the technology we have now. <laughs> I because I remember that. the pain of doing that, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but that is a very good point. And like the labor that went into it. And it's why we have a generation of like, people who don't know the lyrics to certain songs and Mm -hmm. we spent years singing the wrong lyrics to songs because (laughs) we didn't have anybody to explain to us that those those aren't the correct ones and so i am actually like i'm gonna give you props for that because i certainly had that moment where i saw her trying to pin those lyrics and then i listened to the song and i thought about how it was so hard to discern some of the lyrics in that, that particular song and i was like we don't have to do this shit anymore no, we're so lucky. I remember my someone gave my parents like when I was a kid, like as a gift for like, I don't know, maybe they were staying with us from out of town or something. I don't know where it came from, but I remember the book in my house and someone it was like a coffee table book and it was like a jokey coffee table book of like the f- funniest misheard lyrics. And it was like uh, it was like, you know, all these classic songs the lyrics as they were and then like the funniest version of what like people thought the lyrics actually were and um i it just made me think of that that just popped into my head because like that book couldn't exist today because we don't we don't make that mistake anymore because if we don't know the, the lyric we just google it no that's absolutely correct it's in the vein of like hold me closer tony danza Yes, exactly. I'm sure that was one of the um, jokes in the book, for sure. There's like, um, I will never forget. We have a very good friend. I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but y'all, we've got 100 plus recordings. So I'm I you're already laughing because you know what I'm going to say. I because it's one of my favorite stories and it's so it's, good. I was on the plane with a good friend of ours, Laura, and we were flying, I think, to California. And we were and this is like way after the song came out, but we were like unpretty. And the the famous by TLC, TLC song by TLC, and there's a line mm-hmm. in the song that is like, "My insides look." I mean, not knowing the actual lyric and trying to drag her. I know, right? I was like, "Wow." My outsides look new. My insides are blue. I think is what the line is. Um, mm-hmm. And she and she said, "I am sizable." She was like, yeah. "I am sizable," and I was like, "What did you say?" And she's like, I am sizable. And I was like, that is not the lyric. It's my insides are blue. And she was like, oh, I thought it was like, I am sizable. Like, I am here. I am taking up space. I am an entity and I am able to be measured. Like, I am the size of something. Like, I can't, you can't think me away. And I was like, the things that we do with our minds to like justify the wild lyrics that we come up with. Um, that we thought we heard. And I only I ever hear say, I am sizable, by the way, now. That might as well be the lyrics. Me too. Every time. Every time. But I will say, 
actually, if you're confident in thinking you know what the lyric is, then I guess we still can run into many misheard lyrics because you are not looking up the lyrics because you think you got it, baby. That's the <laughs> so, thing. And you stop at a certain wrong. point. You just stop. You get over to what you think the lyric is. Mm-hmm. And because let me tell you, when that song came out, we had the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we did. Um, the sites were probably a little bit rougher. Uh, yeah, I, it was, you know, we didn't have genius lyrics or A to Z lyrics or whatever we have now, but I'm sure there was some maybe not as, um, you know, easily discoverable. Although I will also say there's a Beyonce lyric. I want, what is the song? It's on Renaissance. Doubled up on the couch. Baby, spin around. Virgo, Virgo's groove. It's Virgo's groove. And she actually mm-hmm. is saying motorboat on the couch. And I, I was saying motorboat, but I kept being like, I need to look that lyric up. I know it's not motorboat yeah. on the couch. It is motorboat on the couch. And I was shocked. I looked it up finally. And I was like, she is saying motorboat on the couch. Well, you no, girl. You don't even, if you use Spotify, like you don't even have to go you can look at the lyrics on spotify which for some i think reason, is also really helpful for too. some reason with renaissance i don't know what it is but those lyrics actually don't come up for me but i know what you're talking about but for some reason I, there are some albums where it's not there and, and there are some albums where it's like okay well i i only say this because like i listen to a lot of k-pop so like sometimes i'm like oh what are the lyrics and i'll look at them and it's like all written in the korean alphabet so i have no fucking idea what they're saying and then you so just I'm like, okay, this nod your head knowingly and you're like oh of course yeah necessarily that. helpful no then i go to google and i look up the song and then go like english translation and then i can find the english translations because i want to know what people are singing about obviously um but but then that's yeah, the message the- you have sometimes too because it's still like a, it's a step removed from like the actual original lyrics so like feelings and like ideas are lost sometimes and nuance is lost yes but i will say so this is just comes from being a person who has like done a deep dive into k-pop and really understanding like how those translations work it's not like so particularly with like you know big groups like bts or whatever like those songs are like professionally translated okay so it's like it's it's and sometimes they're back in the day and like it used to be fan translated Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i will say there are a lot of like very committed fans who are like really want to get the message across but i will say now like those lyrics are now professionally translated like by the record label and stuff like that so it's less lost than like I think it would have been maybe like five years ago or something, but I, I, I do understand what you're saying. That is really funny. Um, because it is like, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about, I was just thinking about this recently because there was a whole thing mm-hmm. on like line because I watched some of the international drag race seasons from time to time. And like, yeah, I have to watch them with the closed captioning on and like one of the queens mm-hmm. came forward because there was this, disagreement that happened in one of the episodes and she basically had to explain like that it was lost in like that like the way it was translated was crude and like the nuances of the conversation were just lost and so she was like yes the the translation was accurate but like let me explain to you like why it still wasn't accurate and it was like yes and it was like okay so that was one of those moments i was like yeah you always have to take it with like a little bit of like a you know 
it, but that's yes, but what you're talking about is weird to you. But what you're talking about well, is completely no, actually, different. Actually, this is this is similar because I also watch a lot of television shows that are not in English. And a lot of the things that I had to learn while watching these shows was like I watch a lot of Korean television shows. And so a lot of my learning curve for watching these shows was learning cultural things and how people speak to each other. So if you don't have that context and you are just watching a translation from someone who is maybe not necessarily because there's different apps like that you can watch these shows on and some of the translations are better than others. And there are some you you know, some people who will just do a direct translation without any sort of context or whatever. There's a certain app that I use to watch um, Korean shows this is actually really great called Vicky. And they give you sometimes like they'll give you like, you know, parentheses with like cultural, like cultural. Yeah. Context so yeah. that you like, That's really oh, cool. I understand why this person is saying this now. So, That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's really helpful. But there are plenty of like really poor translations out there that i'm sure like you i think you have to take with a grain of salt as well but also i mean you know with all of this being said like let's not it's, it's all proof of the fact that we shouldn't let like we shouldn't let translation to be this scary thing that stops us from from you know i think absolutely not i think uh bong jun ho uh the director of mm-hmm. parasite i think famously said like in an interview like the only thing that's like separating like in talking about the movie Parasite, which was obviously a global phenomenon. I think he said this during his Oscar speech. Was it about the, the I think if we can get past this little one inch um, barrier that separates like these sort of international films from like wider audience reception. And he's talking about mm-hmm. the subtitles. Um, and yes, there's just something that pops into my mind when I'm watching foreign films yeah. and things like that, because it opens up the world, you know, and it does. I'm the biggest adv- advocate for it because I feel like it has a like I've always been very interested in language. I love language. I think it's so just learning things about other languages helps you understand culture, helps you understand people, whatever. And I just like like to figure out what I can pick up and all that kind of stuff. It's just always fascinated me. And I just think like there is so much fucking good media out there being made from people other than american people and we should be diving into it and celebrating it and like not missing out on it you know no absolutely you just gotta sort of lean into it sometimes and like i I will be honest in saying that like it does require like us paying a little bit more attention for sure because i do absolutely you can't scroll your phone and watch television at the same time if you're going to be watching something with subtitles and for me that is honestly why i started watching a lot of shows in other languages because i found myself having being so addicted to my phone and really leaning into my adhd where i needed to be stimulated by several different things at the same time i found watching stuff with subtitles don't talk about your sex life on this podcast (laughs) she loves being stimulated in a lot of ways because it really made me invest in the thing that i was watching for sure no i think and i think you talked about it in one of the other episodes that sometimes you'll plug your phone in in the other room and yeah and you'll chain yourself to the couch and force yourself to like watch yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie no food no water nothing um until i finish whatever whatever watching <laughs> so we we love we love a committed queen um and speaking of loving 
I are you ready to move into the love it section? I, I would of love this it. I would love it. Podcast. Why don't you why don't you um jumpstart us off with some love? Um the love it that I just sorry, I was looking through my notes and there was just a funny note, which actually it's I'll be talking I about I thought you were roasting me for making that stupid pun. I was like, oh god. Yeah, that's right, what I was well, I guess- doing. That was dumb what you said. Um well, the first thing that is really interesting that I found out about this movie was that originally this was this Jump and Jack Flash was conceived for Shelly Law to star in. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Um, so interesting. And I actually can see it because one of the things that Shelly Long does Absolutely. really well is like she does neuroses. Um, and she she has this really like her in her comedy, she has this sort of like she has this ability to sort of like she has like this overinflated sense of self and mm-hmm. it's a part of like if you die in chambers on cheers is one of like the the primary examples i think but you see a little bit of it in like um in money pit as well or outrageous fortune with bet miller and i think that like that i could see channeled into this this role as this character who sort of like thinks that they are proficient and like of course like i can of course i can I can sort of navigate like the covertness that is required in order to like help this like CIA agent, like escape or, um, or a British intelligence agent, like get, get you know, to whatever, like these traps are and then finding themselves in like a bungled situation. And I think that yes. Whoopi Goldberg brings this sort of like gritty, like New York realism to it that I think is funny in a different way and great. But, but I was thinking about it first. I was like, yeah, I, I could see this being turned into like a, a Shelly Long vehicle. And I mean, we're dealing, dealing with the same thing at the, at the core, which is this sort of comedy of errors as a person who's trying to right a wrong. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. I know that I did see that. I thought that was really interesting. I think it's really funny. And I think it would be a very different movie with Shelly Long, but I think yeah. it would be equally as funny. But also I think like it was one of those things where it's like when it was written too, it was a very different movie because it's oh, just sure. through so many um, transformations. But yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy to see Shelly Long in anything, to be honest. Oh, always. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just really interesting. What's your first love it? Okay, so my first love it is again. <laughs> I love how this could never have taken place today because people have found like immeasurable ways to scam people on the internet. And it was giving like very like Nigerian Nigerian prince vibes where it's like, hey, like just help me out with this one thing. And like, you know what I mean? And like it's the you can't fuck with someone on the internet anymore in in this way. It was very much like he just told her something and she believed it and went and did it. And it was like, Oh, that's, you can't do that anymore. I mean, the thing is you can, but that's just because there's a lot of seniors that are getting, that are getting duped by like these, but it is a, but you're right. It's a much harder thing to like, and a person who works in and with computers for a living, it would be way more difficult for, yeah, exactly. If if we if this happened today, it would have to be like an 88 year old woman who like and this is all happening via her Facebook Messenger app. And real and honesty, I could totally see them doing this movie with like Sally Field or like Jane Fonda and like I would eat it up. Um, <laughs> we got to get those stunt people in though. We got to get those stunt you people in. You just love like uh, an aging queen. Every time we do this podcast, I figure stage. out a way to like bring in and celebrate a woman of a certain age and like make a case you're for like, like why? a movie starring them. You're- 
always suggesting a remake with Jane Fonda or somebody of the similar caliber. I'm such a Jane Fonda stan, though. I really am. I love her so much. Um, I mean, look, you won't get any argument from me there. What's not to love? But no, you are right. And like it is a like in this movie, you have to sort of like give over to like the kind of like the innocence and like once yes. again, like the murkiness around like the Internet and what was possible, because you're right. Like the idea that like like who would do that, though? Who would lie about who they were in order to like coax someone into doing something that like they wanted them to do for their own? Like- yeah, people people don't do that. And it's like, oh, we got a whole show called Catfish. Like- and there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's a really that's a really good one. The other thing that we we talked about Gary Marshall earlier. This was Penny Marshall, um, who went on to be director extraordinaire. Obviously, one of the stars of Laverne and Shirley as well. But this was her directorial debut, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. It moved between a lot of hands because just as the leads were changing, mm-hmm. so were um, so were the directors. And at one point, Burt Reynolds was in talks to direct Jumpin' Jack Lash. Which oh I missed that which I didn't is see so that. interesting to me because it's like what was that gonna be? Um, we did. Uh, if you want to see a Burt Reynolds joint, we've done one on the podcast before. I'm the name is escaping me. It's Liz Minnelli and Burt Reynolds. Oh it's my god, uh, Renikoff! It was so good. Renikoff, you guys have to listen to the episode. That is the most fucking ridiculous movie. That's a like, really finish good this one up. Again, we said earlier, if this is your last time with us, finish this one off, but then also give us one more chance with the Red Cop, because that is such a funny episode. That's a really, <laughs> really funny episode. Wild. God, I love Liza Minnelli. Not me oh, just talking so about good. octogenarians I love, but it is what it is. We are who <laughs> we are. The whole um, podcast is you just talking about old people you fucking love. It's so like, true. This is not an episode that Gen Z is going to relate to very hard, but that's and okay. Also, We've, I've, we're here always for been this person when i was like a when i was a kid i was that kid i was like this six-year-old who was like so, sitting with like a group of like elderly people and like we were just we had a lot in common and it wasn't like a thing where i was like oh let me like make myself like let me pretend to be a person who like has things in common with like older people like i've always been that kid and i was always the you weird kid lifted in well who was yeah. like watching like knots landing and jake and the fat man with my grandmother and like being like hurry up it's gonna come on and she was like, all right. So this is just. Don't you want to watch a Power Ranger or something? <laughs> also, my grandmother was literally like one of my besties and still is. But like. <laughs> just in the phone yesterday. Talking about oh, the new season girl. of Big Brother. My grandmother was like, hey, gonna make oh, sure you watch it with me. Are you going to watch this season? Because Tara and I have already. Okay. Thank you. Because you didn't watch last season. Um, For those of you who don't know, there is a reality television show called Big Brother. For those of you who don't know about Big Brother. I'm kidding. This is. You wouldn't even let me finish. We have an international. We do have. We do have people all walks of life. You're right. We we do have international audience. So people might not know. I actually was making a joke about how everybody knows what Big Brother is. But Big Brother also has a lot of international off. It does. So there's like Big Brother UK and all that kind of stuff. But Tara, I, what before I met Tara, I never watched Big Brother. And when we first started dating, she was like, hey, so there's this show that I watch like pretty religiously in the summer. And like, you know, <laughs> I love it. And I'm going to need you to watch it with me. And she was like, it's Big Brother. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? I was like, all right, I'm trying to get late. I guess I'll watch the show. So (laughs) 
I ended up watching the show and was literally hooked from day one. And uh, we've never missed a season. I've been watching it for the last 10 years. It is such a fascinating reality show. Um, it's a good. So it's, a, get it's into a, yeah, it. it is. It's a it's a good. Sometimes the big brother I'm always with. OK, this is turning into something else. I'll just say something. Sometimes I'm just quick. Sometimes the big brother. It's always funny to me because like you'll go into like a survivor season and you're like, they get like the same amount of money and they're in a house making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like steaming exactly. like an air conditioning. And these people yep. on Survivor are literally like fighting for cups of rice and like That's trying to use salves like to clean their infections. Why would anyone want to do Survivor? Do Big Brother? Like it's, it, yeah, it's, it's like the stakes are very different like, on the shows. It, there's a lot of like mental like fucking it's, with you on Big Brother, which is difficult. But I'd rather be fucked with mentally than physically because I I am I will tell you I am the weakest soldier when it comes to being uncomfortable <laughs> physically. So yeah, you want to be in air conditioning and things like that. <laughs> I want to be in air conditioning. I want to be. They should you literally know. do like a complete swap. They should just take an entire cast of Big Brother and put them on a Survivor well, season and then take an entire cast of Survivor and put them on a Big Brother season. Just flip it. To to be fair, a lot of people like go on both. Okay. I didn't know that. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. okay. I'm new to all That's of this, not y'all. what this podcast is about. Yeah. So is it you? You have a, you have a new love it for me, Janie? Um, yeah, I do have a new love it. Um, I love how like on like night two or three, she witnesses a murder and gets thrown into a freezing cold body of water and doesn't feel like she might be in over her head. Like she's just like, okay, I'm going to continue doing this. And I just feel like that would be, if I saw someone getting shot and thrown into the water, I'd be like, this has gone beyond my control. I cannot be a part of this anymore. The risk is too great. Like I need to, I need to like figure out how to recuse myself from this position. You also don't know. You still don't know what you're fighting for or who you're fighting for. You have no idea what you're fighting for. But you do. You don't know if it's. You know, murders on the table. You know, murders on the table, and you don't know if Jumpman Jack Flash is a good guy or a bad guy. You've just decided to think he is. It's wild. (laughs) It is. Yeah. No. It's it's pretty crazy. And Mm -hmm. this is this leads to like. Uh, uh yeah this is just it's it's the point in the movie where you think she like she wasn't as phased as she needed to be by everything that was happening and she gets like a That's couple of like the whole out thing. as this corpse is like bobbing by her in the water and it's like <laughs> and it's like this is this has become life or death and like you have no tactical training like you don't know how to do this your only skill level is like i don't know you're probably street smart because you grew up in new york city that's it it's also funny because like in this scene and I get why things happen if they do she goes to this doc to meet a person who's who is she's told by Jack is going to have intel for for her and she goes and then like he's there unexpectedly there's another person there who catches them off guard and ends up killing the agent that she was there to meet Harry and but right before he killed and throwing her in the river and throwing her in the river but right before he kills they get into this sort of shootout and Harry gets killed he pushes Terry into the water and then, and all I could think was like, what if she couldn't swim? Well, that's the thing. I mean, she it's a risk. You're like, you're either going to get shot up here on the dock with me or you're going to, you're going to figure out how to paddle in that water. Exactly. Oh, you can hold on to one of those wooden posts under the thing. That's I guess anything better than this bullet that's coming your way. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, My it's whole thing is like, toss. I don't understand how 
if you how you don't know how to swim like i I understand how not knowing how to swim well but if your life is in danger i think i would move my arms and legs around and figure out what worked you know what i mean yeah like it is (laughs) it is a thing i mean it is yes it is a thing i will say there are people who don't know how to swim absolutely i'm just saying it's like so hard for me to imagine that like i wouldn't pick it up real fast (laughs) i think that there isn't like an animal instinct in us that like can help yes if you can stay calm enough to let it and if you cannot really be overtaken by the fear of the fact that you are in a body of water because like babies can float. not me victim blaming everyone who's ever drowned well that's what i was gonna say i was like so like it is nuanced um also people grow up in communities that are so inland that they're nowhere near the water and so you have to make a concerted effort i absolutely take back what i said i heard it and then like no, realized good, what i had said but it's a good like conversation no, it's like, talking it's, it's a, point no no no! i totally agree i'm just i'm walking back my point that absolutely there are scenarios where like anybody could drown in the <laughs> no for sure i think about I just, this. i'm not i, I didn't like how i came off because uh it's who you are so don't worry um because unless you're gonna do like a personality transplant like everybody's just getting it they're getting it live and raw like i do um no i'm joking but i was gonna say no my grandmother like she forced like my mom and my mom's brother and my sister to learn how to swim because she was like Mm -hmm. she made them go to the y the local y and take swim Mm -hmm. classes because she was like i don't want my kids to not know to swim and ever be around like a body of water and like something happened to them because there was like this situation where it was like this black family it was like two or three generations of people and like I don't remember where it was at. It was in the South somewhere. And like the kids were like, waiting in the water and then they got overtaken by like a tide and like everybody died. Like, and oh the parents were going in to try and save them. And like, people were just drowning because nobody knew. Oh my swim. God. So it is like a thing, oh but it's God. like, you have to make like an effort to learn in some communities, but it is absolutely right. It's absolutely worth it. If there's like free swim lessons happening in the summertime to like, you know, I learned yeah. how to swim because my well, they aunt, should teach everybody how to swim. I mean, it should be free lessons everywhere. Everywhere. My aunt showed told me, especially with this this climate change happening. Oh, I'm gonna be swimming. Exactly. I think we're do. probably gonna have to do a lot uh, more swimming. But uh my aunt taught me how to swim <sighs> and she literally was like, I didn't want to learn and I was nervous and I was always a tall kid, so I could sort of like get by because I can just hang on to the edge of the yeah. pool and not go too deep. But I remember my aunt, she they moved close to where we lived when I was like a like a tween. And she was like, you have to learn mm-hmm. how to swim. And I'd always been able to get by without it. And she was like, no, you need to learn how to swim. And she basically, she was like, okay, either I throw you in the water and I sit on the edge of the pool until you like learn, or we go in the water and you like willingly learn. And I forget you grew up me. in a landlocked state. Like, I, I mean, yeah. of course there are lakes and stuff like that, For but sure. I grew up on the coast. Like everyone I knew knew how to swim from, I, I don't even remember how I learned how to swim. Like you, you, you know, you, know just, I mean? you start, you start. I'm and sure I, I had lessons. I just, I don't, just don't remember. I learned how to swim when I was a little kid, to be fair. And then I, I'm one of those people who I think I kind of forgot because I learned how to swim at like some sort mm-hmm. of thing. And then like, I just didn't do it for years and years and years. I mean, like yeah. at two or three. And then my mom would be like, you know how to swim. You remember? And I was like, no, we it had to be more consistent than that. You can just like take me to a body of water at like two, teach me how to swim, <laughs> and like not do it for multiple years. Uh, but anyway, we've digressed once again. It's what we do. And uh, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. did you have a new love it or is it me? It's you. Okay. So my love it is there's a scene where she goes to Jack's apartment and he tells her the way to get in that there's a key and a fire hydrant and you have to screw the cap off to get the key out. And I, we were watching the scene and then Dave mentioned to me, our producer uh, and my husband, he mentioned that um, 
he was at the park near our home and he said that there was a guy in the park and he said to he asked another guy like hey do you have a light because he was trying to light a cigarette and the guy was like no i don't but if you check the fire hydrant over there some of the city guys and i think he meant city workers they keep stuff inside of the fire hydrant so just unscrew that cap i bet there's a lighter in there and i was like what and he said that happened like a couple days earlier and he kind of overheard the conversation and he was like what is he talking about and then we start watching jump and jack flash and the guy says, uh, yeah, it's in the fire hydrant. He was like, oh, my God. So we I've like, heard of that people before. Just keeping things in fire hydrants. And apparently the answer is yes. I've heard of that before. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, 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 I don't know where I first heard it, but I, I yeah, I remember retaining that piece of knowledge. So that was something that I did not know was a cultural thing that I found out in this movie yeah. and is apparently still active and, and very much <laughs> happening right now. So I mean to be fair, I haven't heard about it in a while, but I remember hearing about it when I was like, you know, teenager or something. I'm sure I'm sure teenage kids were like, oh, people are keeping drugs in here. Let's open it up and try to see if we can find free drugs. Let's see, let's see if we can find something good in here. Um so that's that's the I know you're probably living a little different life as a teenager, but (laughs) actually did drugs as a teenager, didn't you? You you've done way more drugs than I have. First of all, my family listens to this podcast, and <laughs> and second of all, no, I have not. So you can keep that accusation to yourself. I've never done drugs before. I'm sorry, you're right. I you I don't know crazy. what came um, what came over me. No, you you must be on something right now. Not me. Not my mother's child. Nice try though, girl. Um. So what is your next love it? My next love it point is I love how Jumpin' Jack Flash is made like. First of all, we don't even ever figure out where he's being kept prisoner, why he's being kept prisoner, or if he's actually a prisoner. Like, we don't understand his situation. But I love that he's maybe a prisoner or being held against his will in some random Eastern European country by maybe a seemingly corrupt government or something, but also has unfettered access to a computer. (laughs) And also, he'll say things in the messaging. He'll be like, Oh no, I better stop. And then she'll be like, what's going on? He'll be like, so and so and so and so is happening. Oh no. And it's like, whatever's happening isn't dire enough that you're being pulled away from like the word processor that apparently you're using to like type these messages on. Like, I don't know what's going on, but how how are you? First of all, like I, I feel like at the time in the 80s, it was, like it was a privilege to have inter- to have like it, access to like apparently a well, apparently AOL. Um, so well, <laughs> this was not AOL, didn't exist yet. Well, it was I, made saying, up technology. they're basically they're using the AIM technology. So, apparently, not only it's just like you can be in like a whole ass city and you you have been scrounging looking for a place that you could go to get on the internet, and wherever he is, exactly, he's I'm in Guantanamo he's selling with a computer, sending telegrams, you know what I mean? And I don't understand how he is getting access to this computer, he's, he's and the it's only like, computer in Guantanamo, and it's like, and he's. He appears to be sitting there leisurely ready, ready for her transmissions because there's time when she's like, oh, I got to ask Jack. And she'll just run to the community and be like, Jack, you're there. And he'll be like, yeah, what's up? I'm here. <laughs> it's like, what is going Always on? Ready. Is, Always ready for a message. Who's running the ship? At first, that's why I thought he was going to like double cross her. But he, I mean, he didn't end up doing that. But um, my next love it is. There's okay, so she goes to this like queen celebration because this movie is really skews heavily British. She goes to this yes. queen celebration that's happening, and she's in one of her like sister um, Dolores outfits from Sister Act, this sequin dress, and they throw this big old uh, 
tease to the high heaven wig on her. And she's, first of all, she's given Supreme's tease in this big ass blonde wig. And then she yeah. slips up a set of stairs with the help of Annie Potts. Um, and she's going to look for some information. And she ends up sliding down the, she ends up trying to get out of this building without being caught by <laughs> one of what we find out is like a, a, the word I can't think of. I was going to say like a, a, a double agent. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, like a, a double, double agent. agent. And she slides down well, the roof. He's he's not even well. I don't know if he's a double agent because he's a con. He works at the consulate, but he's yeah. a. We find out later he's a KGB spy. Yeah, the character of like Talbot. So like Annie Potts, her character Liz Carlson. Um, her husband was one of the agents who worked with Jack and was killed, and she ends up assisting Whoopi Goldberg's character. And so like Talbot is uh, is another guy who Whoopi Whoopi has been sent to get information from a couple of times, and he's on to her and the fact that like she's seems to have information, be moving around in this world with a, with a knowledge base that he doesn't love, and seeing her once again at this event, and it's really what they're all really thinking is what's this black person doing here. But nobody's saying it. And one hundred percent absolutely the elephant in the room. And so yeah. she takes off and she's got this big ass wig on. And then she's sliding down the side of this building. And then we get another quick shot of her. And when I tell you it's a whole lot different wig, baby, <laughs> whatever that first wig was, it was it was lost. It was lost between <laughs> between these days of shooting. I don't know if this was post where they had to come back in and do some stuff again. But it is a whole ass different wig. And I rewound it twice because I was like, they are wild for putting this completely new wig on her. The hair is styled so differently. She now has these feathered bangs. It is, it was the 80s and the continuity person was apparently at craft services. And <laughs> something or made it not the there. Because yeah. it, it was hilarious to me. And then every time they would cut back to her on the roof, the wig was bigger than it was the time before. And Dave was like, why is this wig getting huger? And it made me laugh it, it was it was like a bit i mean the thing is that i mean that's why i put in my synopsis um wearing a collection of very convincing wigs because the thing is is that it was just supposed to be one wig <laughs> one evening one wig you'd think but it was it, the, the thing is the reason how i know it wasn't a bit was because the wigs themselves were too similar to to be an actual bit but too different for us not to notice if that makes sense no so it was like it was subtle enough where like if you i don't know were legally blind you'd miss it but <laughs> if you had if but you had a vision but blatant it. enough that if you had on your spectacles, it wouldn't slip it wasn't past you. <laughs> because this wig, when I tell you, it was like it got bigger and bigger. And every time they would cut away to like a wide shot and they'd cut back to like a close a close up frame, it was like a little bigger. And then the last time they cut back to it, the wig was on the ledge next to her holding a gun on her. And I was like, <laughs> OK, this is a, this is a supporting character. This They didn't got their sack card fucking around and, in this movie. And we. And just like the tradition of supporting characters in this movie, we really don't understand how they play into the larger part of it. But they're there. <laughs> they were there, though. And I, I will tell you, Cousin It was quaking. Um, so, yeah. So that was really, really funny. Um, did you have any more love it, Jay? Um, uh, we can skip it to the low that's. I think we've done most all of my love it. What about you? I have one more. And you've talked about it already. But I just want to. You know what? Fuck it. Let's throw. I can throw this one into. So let's say this is the low that's starting because. Okay. It, we're it, starting with a low that's. It, yeah, we're going to slip right into the low that's. I'll start us out. Okay. So my okay. low that is that in, in 
the vein of the conversation we've been having about the loose use of technology in this movie, the way mm-hmm. that they like all of a sudden decide halfway through this movie that not only can they communicate via via like instant messenger, but all of a sudden he has a voice. Like girl, if you think point, this isn't in my list, if you think this isn't in my list, and the voiceover is British, it's like he all of a sudden has. It's like he's sentient. Like all of a sudden, he had the, the computer itself is like speaking to Whoopi. And up to this point, it's been messages in the movie, and then at that halfway point, we have a huge technological breakthrough, and we are now which is never discussed full on like voiced conversations where he is talking in his own voice to whoopee through the computer and i was it's like like slightly 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 robotic so you know that it's the computer but it's jack's voice and i I, it was it was wild it was a wild choice that nobody discussed or nobody said anything about all of a sudden this computer's goddamn talking because it's like our computers don't do this now. <laughs> Our computers don't do this. I was like, the reason why this happened, I feel like, is either because... I mean, actually, they do now. You can, but like... You, no, we're being hyperbolic. Still. But the yeah. thing about it for me was that I think what happened was either they did test audience screenings or like the producers came in and saw it or the network and somebody was like, this is too much typing. We need... <laughs> we got it. And so somebody in ADR was like, we'll add in. We'll just make, like, we'll just have the computer start talking. And then somebody was like, should we explain it? And so I was like, no, 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 no. It'll be like the wink thing. Um, and yeah. so they'll get it. It'll be a wink. They'll know. They'll get it. They'll have no choice but to get it. And I mean, we had to, <laughs> we had to fall in line, just like Christine Aguilera and Demi Lovato told us to. Um, <laughs> you were absolutely trying to make that song happen I know, it wasn't enough of a hit several to make years that after joke. the fact and everybody's like what? No. when was this moment it was from christina aguilera's liberation album and it should have been a more successful album than it was and that's all i'm gonna what say what year did it come out baby um i think it was a 2017 moment okay <laughs> i was just wondering how far we mo- removed we are from the reference that would have been a difficult june of 2018 joke to land june of in in that, that would have been a difficult joke to land in June of 2018, and you are trying it now in August of 2023. <laughs> so I've got another loathe to add to my list that disrespect my co for my co-host. Um, what's your first loathe, Mama? Okay, so my first loathe is back at the British consulate party. So she Whoopi is trying to sneak into this party as you know she's got her wig she's got her sequin dress on but she's not invited to this party and the way the entrance to the party the way that she gains entrance to this party without a formal invitation to a party with seemingly many British government officials is she Start singing a Supreme song after pressing play on a little Walkman in her dress. And she just then walks into the party. <laughs> and everyone lets her. <laughs> it's they're the all like, a soulful black wild. <laughs> yeah. Just let her do what she wants. And they do. And she just has the Supreme's wig on. She's in her sequin dress and she's somehow got with this Walkman in her pocket, incredible audio over the whole place. It's Dolby sound. <laughs> it is surround sound. And she's singing that Supreme song and just enters the party and, and no one says 
dick to her. And I just thought, in what world? <laughs> yeah, you better be confident. <laughs> you better say I mean, it was it was a perfect example of just confidence gives you whatever. But I do think, and this is not to sort of, you know, pop the bubble of um you know, the movie that we're in and sort of suspending our disbelief. But I do think that in general, the British consulate in New York City might have like slightly tighter security. You would think so. Yeah, you think so. But, Even uh, in 1986, I would think so. But they slipped around. And there also was like this. This fits into so there's like a lot of little microaggressions like about this yep. black woman. Like at one point, like when we talk about Caesar, he's like, oh, didn't realize you were this much of an Anglophile. It's like we all know what that means. Um, yep. And then there was this so, scene. There's so much casual. It's peppered like, in. And then there's a scene where she's going yeah. back and forth with like Gary Marshall, who's playing this like fucking like police officer, and like mm. they just instantly they find her in the water. They assume that she's a sex worker, and like mm-hmm. and they're ignoring everything that she's saying. And then he's like, "Oh, he's like," he says something. He's like, "Well, that's not how I talk to a lady, but I am talking to you," or something like wild like that. She's like, oh, "Yeah, we're, we're just staying it," and she's giving it, but like. It she is, does is, say she's like, oh, a black woman walks in here and you just assume she's a, a a a sex worker, like, and you won't listen to her. Which I was like, oh, I'm glad she's saying that. You know what I mean? But it was not like, that it fell on deaf ears, of course. But you of know. course, no, no, she was almost arrested. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but until until white savior, uh, one of uh, Jane's favorite TV dads, Stephen Collins, saves the day <laughs> and um, drags her out of here. <laughs> To wherever, wherever he drags people to. Um, wherever, whatever enjoy. location he's taking people to these he's days. He's comfortable so. to, to watch and listen, um, allegedly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're being so good right now. So, uh, Jane, so good. what is your next low bit? So my next low bit point is... <laughs> Well, number one, that I can't freely talk about Stephen Collins in the way that I want to. But (laughs) number two is that people seem to be very freely talking about spy shit in every public venue. No one is concerned about keeping anything quiet. Nobody is trying to find a room to dip into to have a conversation where, you know, there might be um, nobody listening. They're at a funeral in the park and they're all just loudly talking about their associations with the CIA and MI5 and all that kind of stuff. There's just no sort of caution. And and Whoopi's at work, you know, typing on her computer, having these conversations with Jack, with, with the audio, by the way, trying to pretend like she's doing her job and Jack's like computer voice is like coming through the room and like her co-workers know but she's just like, she's just she doesn't give a fuck who has who knows any of this information and i thought isn't that sort of the first rule of spy shit is that you are like secretive no 100 percent. she is as as this computer is becoming human before our very eyes every day can do something new we started out watching russian uh television shows and then we're using instant messenger and now it's the plot of her which is set in the future of now and we got scarlett johansson coming through the monitor and it's like what is going on y'all are doing a lot and nothing all at the same time you're saying everything you haven't spoken a word okay because there's not a single we don't get one moment of carol kane being like 
what's going on with your computer, girl? How's he talking? <laughs> it's like, y'all are supposed to be like a banking. You're supposed to be technology and banking. And like, she's carrying but a lot also the there. fact that she's no hesitation of telling anybody around her all of this like top secret spy information. When I tell you, nobody believes her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's actually probably accurate. And also really quick. So the last thing I'll say in connection with this other thing, we'll talk really quickly about the we'll talk really quickly about the character um in the movie that Stephen Collins Collins plays, uh Marty Phillips. And the fact that we find out at the end, he's he he's brought in because um at the beginning of the movie, Whoopi Goldberg's character has a co-worker named Jackie who is going on maternity leave. That's like the first scenes in the movie. And mm-hmm. Stephen Collins' character, Marty, comes in to replace her while she's on maternity leave. And we know that black woman didn't get her job back. But he comes in to replace her <laughs> while she's know. on maternity leave. Uh, this white man. And yeah. then we oh, find God. out later in the movie that he works for the CIA. And so he's been like, get like, he's been sort of watching her. But the thing about this mm-hmm. that was so wild to me, and we find this in the movie, was like, she came so close to dying so many times. Like, mm-hmm. where were you? Because you you showed up like after she was almost shot and, and dumped in the water, you you showed up after that oh, that man was killed. Yeah, he always seems to be sort of like not coming in at the right moment for to be effective. Multiple times she almost dies, and then he shows up after mm-hmm. she's done all of the work, and he's like, "I'll take it from here. I'm CIA." It's like, <laughs> baby, I could have used you when they had that gun in my head in that mannequin warehouse earlier yeah. and they were demonstrating they were cutting up mannequin <laughs> arms to show me what life was going to be like for me if i didn't fall in line real quick uh that was you had been so there? funny to me because there was no violence done to her no it was <laughs> it all was just, just like <laughs> violence done to mannequins to show her like they like drill they, they like drill do a drill bit through like the head of a mannequin and they're like you see which was more funny than <laughs> and than like, threatening in any way it's it was like kind of slap her around a little bit at least like they don't even do that like to like give her the, the illusion that they'll like that there's real hurt danger her physically but yeah, it's like it's, y'all just put me in a chair and are going to town on kim cattrall's sisters here yeah <laughs> you this, know this, what i mean <laughs> this wasn't exactly the, uh, this was exactly the, the top the top of the criminal a food chain that we were dealing with in this one. This they sent some of the the C team. Supposed to be. That's it, the thing. It this was. was uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did you have any more load that's saying that was my last one? Um. Yeah, I have. I have one more. Okay. It's a small one. Um, Lord Malcolm, a character who is married to Lady Sarah, I think, yeah, basically who like ends up being- like. Yeah, basically the Fergie spinoff character. Um, Lord Malcolm, when she walks in and meets Lord Malcolm for the first time, this motherfucker is wearing a goddamn monocle like he's Mr. Peanut. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, this is what we think of British, like, royalty. Or it's not even royalty, but British, like, a person who holds a British title in 1986 is showing up to a party in a suit with a fucking monocle like Mr. Peanut. Like, come on. So, it's not 1886 are, it's 1986 are monocles like monocles i thought were like 
worn i don't think monocles were worn like glasses like monocles were like an item that you just like you use when you need to look at something i thought i didn't know that monocles were yes like, you don a monocle no he day. just wore he was just wearing one he took it down at one point but when she walked in baby boy was sporting a monocle which is wild I was though, like, too because it's like we're just like at a party like interacting with other people like you don't need yeah, a monocle if you need on to like look at something closely like put on a pair of glasses yeah somebody's like, just trying to very flex. strange yeah <laughs> like you got someone is just really 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 trying to drive home that they're old-timey british somebody just <laughs> got like, a new somebody just a- got that new monocle and they want to make sure that everybody sees it oh yeah. my monocle <laughs> oh hold on oh my hair got tangled in my monocle i just got did y'all see <laughs> Yeah, we, we caught it. We caught it. Yeah, we day. caught it, and we weren't saying anything because it was fucking weird. But now you're making us say something. Yeah, like there's nothing worse than like debuting something that you're like a little uncomfortable about, a little less confident about, and nobody says anything. It's so obvious. Like there was one time. Tell a story. I went from dark brown, like shoulder length hair, to getting like a very short haircut and dying it all blonde. And I came in to work the next day after I got it done. <laughs> and my boss didn't say a single thing to me. He didn't acknowledge it. He didn't mention it. He didn't even say like, oh, you got your hair done. And it was like, I very clearly went through a very intense transformation. And it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life because I was like, we both know this is happening. Just say one thing about it. Like, just say what if someone changes their appearance drastically, you have to acknowledge it. Otherwise, by not acknowledging it, you're saying to that person, your choice is horrifying. To be fair, to to be fair, I got my hair dreaded and Mm -hmm. I came into, you know, school and mm-hmm. i went into a class and nobody commented on it and i had dreads in my hair and on break mm-hmm. one of the one of the students came up to me another black student and she said oh you're she said you got your hair dry it looks really good and i was like thank you but like that was my experience in every class that i went to and i kept thinking oh my god everybody's gonna talk about it nobody did but then i also thought about <laughs> it and i was like nobody's, nobody's gonna bring it like what are they gonna say I was just about to say that to me screams white people being terrified to talk to a black person about their hair because they don't know what the, right. the etiquette is. Yeah. No, you're probably. One I think that's right. what it is. But that was a really funny moment though to me because I was like, oh, people are going to talk about it. Nobody gave a shit. Um, that's crazy. I mean, particularly like people you're friends with. I, to, like, be fair, anybody- to be fair, what I said when I think of myself was like, oh my God, I'm going to talk about this today, like all day. Little did yeah. I know. <laughs> That's um, such a humbling experience. It's like no big deal. You don't deserve <laughs> it's a like, word. Oh, nobody's nobody's saying shit. Okay. <laughs> I think it was that was my last. That was my last love. It. That was my last love. It too. So we. Just, That's it, folks. We just covered Jumping Jack Flash, baby. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, we did it. We made it to the end. We finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say, okay, so. I have okay. Well, I have two questions for you. Um, my my first question is: Would you watch this movie again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was fun. It was an interesting movie, yeah. and it's Whoopi Goldberg. At you know, 
I won't say at her peak because I think her peak is a little bit later, but it's Whoopi Goldberg, like yeah. young, like really like she. It's it's an exciting Whoopi Goldberg role. You can see she's coming into her own, um, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I would totally watch it again. Yeah, aside from all of the funny shit that we called out, it's a great movie. And like, all I of the funny shit that we called out is why it's a great movie. Just so you know, right? Like, exactly, exactly. We love the it all. Yeah, the madness is the 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 best part of it it's it's super fun um great well i'm glad we both liked it um what oh my second question for you of course and i hope that i can get an answer out of you because sometimes um you know it's like pulling teeth but i'd love to know if you have chosen a a movie for me to watch next week you know what i have i thought this one over i've been now i've got such a list Mm. and i have to like sort of like juggle so many different Mm. like things that i'm mm. thinking about when picking a movie for you um mm-hmm. but i give you a movie from 1990 it is called the grifters and that is a movie for next week the grifters i don't i don't think i've ever even heard of it it's a it's a it's a really, it's a good one and I, I think you're gonna enjoy all it. right well don't tell me a damn thing about it i can't wait all right i look forward all right well thank you bran for sitting here and talking to me about this movie and um, showing up in every way humanly possible, which you always do. Um, I love you. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I hope you guys made it to the end with us. Um, We really enjoyed talking about this movie. I hope you enjoyed listening. And um, like Brandon said at the top of the episode, if you want to keep up with us during the week, you can follow us on social media at Movies We Missed on Instagram, on Facebook, and we're threading things together over threads. Is that the joke we made in the beginning too? Pretty much the same thing, I think. Um, Anyways, we love you. We can't wait to see you again um, next week for 1990s The Grifters. And we hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye. We are absolute narcissist divas who can't handle a little constructive criticism.